It's so presidential. <laughs> yeah. So um, the way we do this thing is I just hit record. I also will... I, I record on... Um, we also take off one garment every 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, it might be funny. Uh, so, um, should we get the show on the road? Sure. Do it. Here we go. Hey, everybody. Welcome to No Rep Podcast. This is uh, episode 3.1. We're starting season three. I'm Coach Tony. I am here with my new co-host, Ethan. It's an honor to go from being your best guest to... Your worst host. <laughs> well, uh, the bar is low, but I think you can manage to get under it. Is he also Coach Ethan? Is that is does he have that moniker as well, or is that? I was promoted uh, for the tenth time, forty-eight hours ago, from Junior Coach Ethan to Assistant Podcast Host. Oh, who knows what tomorrow? Well, will cheers then. We are on the east coast of the United States. Mm-hmm. We are up in Northampton, Massachusetts. We are, uh, we grew out of Pioneer Valley CrossFit, where we are all CrossFitters, and we are joined today by PJ, I want to say Helmuth? Sure. We'll go with that. <laughs> is it, was that Hel- correct? Is it Helmut? Well, it, it, it would be, Helmut? yes. Yeah. It's a nice German name, Helmut. Helmut? Yeah. How do you, how, how does PJ pronounce his last Helmuth. name? Helmuth. Helmuth. Yeah. Helmuth. Yeah. All right. Uh, so. <laughs> when you, when it's a little frightening when I'm... Paul Helmut uh, is a scary to people. So, PJ, welcome to the program. Thank you. We're excited to have you as guest one of season 3.1. Wow. Yeah. All right. Yeah. PJ, how long have you been over at uh, Pioneer Valley? Um, I think this, in January, it's six years. I'm pretty sure that's right. January so, so you and I are contemporaries. Right. About the same time. Wow. And we And actually, yet I have progressed so much more quickly than you have. It's indeed usually the case with <laughs> for, most, for most athletic endeavors. Um, I actually started with uh, in January uh, with um, uh, a boot camp that Sarah and Paul Gillio did. No kidding. Yeah. Back in the day. That's how they're I, OGs. That's how I that's how I started, yeah. yeah. Hi Sarah, hi Paul. Yeah. So and um, I remember um, a friend of mine sort of asked me to do it, and I said, because I was doing um, uh, yoga at, you know, Shiva Shakti, oh. and I and I was swimming, and I was, you know, I had plenty of exercise opportunities, and I said, I do not need CrossFit in my life. PJ just did air quotes on exercise opportunities for the, uh, <laughs> for the listener. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and then, you know, I did the boot camp, and then I was really nervous about starting because boot camp doesn't have any barbells. And then I was really nervous about starting class. And then uh, nobody else from our boot camp is still there except for Tanya Santos. Oh, You're wow. Kidding. Wow. Talk about OGs. Oh, Talk about the best. The cream rising to the top of that boot camp. <laughs> God. No. Who was third place in that thing? Mm. God. I want to meet them, too. <laughs> okay, anybody else is still, is still there. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Are they still alive? It's a great question. Who knows? Yeah. If you're not a CrossFit, are you really still alive? <laughs> Have you ever truly lived? <laughs> <laughs> if, if, a, if a tree falls in the woods and you can't lift it out of your way, yeah. are you really alive? <laughs> if a tree falls in the woods and you don't ask it, it's Fran time. Really <laughs> so I remember Sarah, um, at, at one point, we, we it was like an eight-week eight um, program, and we... She had the, these sort of Metcons that were programmed three or four times. And so 
we got, it was sort of an ideal of CrossFit, like you get to see your time and then you come back mm. to it, you write it down and sort of like, um, and so um, I had done a little bit better on the, one of the workouts and she was so positive and supportive. <laughs> and I said, you know, in general, I respond better to shame and humiliation <laughs> as a humil as just as a, as a coaching tactic. <laughs> and she said, you know, you're talking to two of your coaches. Right? Yeah. I feel like I incorporated but that. Well, so she was really like, quick. she's like, oh, I'm not really very good at that. She's like, I'm sorry, I, I, I don't think I can produce that. Um, and Sarah really can't. That's no, just kind of not her thing. Yeah. But then um, when we were finishing, and I was, I had set up my on ramp with with Liz, um, you know, Perrin and Liz. What's her last name? Green. Green. Liz Green. Um, Liz Green. And uh, and <laughs> Sarah's like, I need to warn you. You think I'm really positive? <laughs> Liz is like a ray of sunshine. Yeah. It's going to be really distressing <laughs> to you. <laughs> CrossFit Barbie. It, t- it takes it takes the average person anywhere from six to twelve months to be con- to convince herself or himself that it's not an act. That Liz just really yeah. is that yeah. happy, that yeah. bubbly, that positive. I yeah. thought you were going to say it takes six to twelve months to come down from the effects of being around her. For ten yeah. It's a fair, it's she taught my on ramp too. Yeah, yeah, five and, years ago, something like that. And you know, the thing for me, like I during the on ramp, um, I've I remember like the class was going on at the same time, and people are like lifting barbells and doing things that look very difficult and complicated. Yeah. I'm feeling like I really probably shouldn't be here. I don't know why I'm here. This isn't going to work out for me. And then. I did 10 push-ups for Liz, and it was like the second coming of Christ. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God! You're so good! Like, yes, I'm an athlete. (laughs) (laughs) You say you respond to shame, but it's... But in the end, it really worked for me. We're going to try it both ways in this program. uh, I'm going to go ahead and call dibs on shame. (laughs) (laughs) I think that plays It's more fun. You build PJ up. (laughs) <laughs> and I will tear him tear down. Tear him down. Yeah. He will be I... the second most beautiful doctor whose life I have destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. That was really good. Everyone's like, she's more beautiful. She's going to come in there. It's, it's, we're all happy yeah, with that. You follow that all the way through and realize that, that Ethan's married to a trauma surgeon. Uh, that was in earlier episodes. They can go back into the catalog. And... Can they, though? We're going to we'll waste they, time for the, for the... Just go forward. Folks, if you're listening, just keep going forward. We've already alienated Spain and Venezuela. Yeah, well, what are you going to do? Uh, yeah. So, PJ, any other uh, any other last takeaways on what you were before CrossFit and what it was like getting on getting uh, uh, waterboarded? <laughs> Excuse me, onboarded? Huh. That's interesting. So, um... And by the way, I just want to back up one half sure. a second and just... It just Cut a picture for for the audience mm-hmm. who doesn't have the uh, uh, the fortune the, the the good fortune to be uh, in PJ's presence. PJ just cuts just such a handsome man. A dashing, Paul, a dashing, a dashing figure. figure. Yeah, he's he's wearing a lovely navy suit with a nice nice light checked shirt. No oh, tie. Some would say overdressed. No, I would not say overdressed. He's, he's running French cufflinks. For the occasion. He's, he's got the most presidential hair you'll ever see. In fact, we're talking about uh, getting a, a classic presidential hair, yeah. not modern presidential no. hair. PJ for president. Yeah. PJ always, by the way, is the most best dressed, yeah. certainly man, perhaps human, who comes into PBCF. So much so that it's 
Suffice to say, there are a number of men and women at the gym who would happily cut off a pinky finger to sit where you or I are sitting Indeed. right now, Tony. Indeed. Oh, how nice. It's true. It's true. Wow, let's get back to shame and humiliation. <laughs> this, this, is, this, is, this is a too much. little too much. much. This yeah. is too much. Yeah. But six years of CrossFit and still barely just got your first muscle up, huh? Yeah. Well, I did actually at age 50 have my first muscle up on my birthday. Oh, wow. Did yeah. you? Yeah. They come and go for Were me. Were you on mushrooms at the time? Well, they just kind of come and go for me. <laughs> yeah, they come and go. They're in my life, and then they're out. It's like strep throat. You might yeah. have it six times in one winter, yeah. and then not for ten years. And PJ, it just, it just by way of the background, not, not just a, a, a sweet and humble and, and, uh, and, 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 and charming man, but also a physician. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so you as physician get and, 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 and person and swimmer and yogi, uh, start crossfitting. And uh, any other last thoughts on that before we start really thrashing you? Um, yeah, I guess I would say I've, I'm, I've always been somebody who sort of needs to exercise. Like I'm, um, not a good athlete, but I'm a, like my gift is really attendance because it's the one thing that sort of calms me down and sort of keep the, that I just kind of need to do in my life. So it's, it's, it's. Always been there. It's consistent. Even through yeah. times when I was in residency or medical school or things like that, I, I was always exercising just because it's kind of, it, it just works for me. It hasn't been, you know, a lot of patients have that challenge of developing an exercise routine. That's never been hard for me because it sort of always works for me. I think that, um, but I've also never really been a great athlete. So I, so that's, and that, and I feel okay about that. I'm you're pretty, like, you're pretty amazing for your age now. I mean, compared to the general population, you are literally now a great athlete. Yeah. So I've been thinking about that with swimming. Is mm -hmm. that um, um, eventually I'd like to be a great swimmer, mm -hmm. but it, I think it's only going to be by attrition that that's going to happen. <laughs> like just the keep at all. it exactly. When I finally get to that, I'm yeah. like, where are the other assholes? Like, <laughs> Last man standing. Like, my people live a long time. It's good happen for right. me. But anyway. Swimming, of course, not a functional fitness move because you can just stay out of the water. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Um, so, I, yeah, so that's, that's kind of how, you know, when I first started doing CrossFit, I really was doing it because a friend of mine dragged me to a boot camp. And then it ended up that I really have never done strength training before. Like, I've always done yoga or swimming or or things like that i just so um it was easy for me to have some really quick gains mm -hmm. and then when i just got stronger really quickly that was very engaging for me and a so, little addictive would you and think? a little addictive exactly right yeah so we have the addiction talk at my house every now and then <laughs> like when we're in edinburgh and i found a crossfit and it's like where the fuck are you going? Right. I'm like, we're on vacation. I'm like, yeah, but it's right down there. Yeah. We looked at grass yesterday. They have great grass here. The cliffs were amazing. I'm going to work out. And then I'll, we're going to have a whiskey. Yeah, and I'll get the next grass and cliffs. Yeah. You want to do. <laughs> and hey, I, I, might be the be I might be the best crossfitter right now in uh, Edinburgh. You don't know. Yeah. You so, don't go. So yeah, you wouldn't know if you don't go. I... I'm not. Oh, it ends up. Out. Yeah, it ends up that I'm not. They're they're a meaty and strong people. <laughs> it's true. It is true. Yeah. <laughs> and there's the whole thing of like I I looked at the workout and I was like, this looks easy. And then I got there and I was like, oh, 
kilograms. <laughs> <laughs> Fuckers. <laughs> it was 2.2 times harder, harder than that. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> so, anyway. Open poods. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had that experience in Mexico recently. I did a workout and I thought, oh, this is going to be easy. And I failed to uh, factor in how unused to working out in 90 degree humidity mm-hmm. I am in February and just floored. Yeah. It can happen. That can happen. PJ, I, you know, one of the things that, that, that I had wanted to touch on with you, and you've kind of brought it up, is this one's notion of oneself as a CrossFitter in CrossFit. Mm. And um, one of our running jokes is me always telling you that it's time to go RX, and you always telling me that you're a level two athlete. Yeah. Uh, uh, for our listeners who don't, at uh, our uh, box, RX is typically referred to as level three, and then there's a level two for people who are not going level three, but still want some sort of a standard to 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 go at. Mm-hmm. And then there's level one for people who are uh, that sort of are not for time, and p- people who are beginning. Um, so PJ's always telling me he's level two level, athlete. Level two athlete, Tony. <laughs> What's that all about? Hmm. Um, and I don't I mean think to put you on a spot in a bad way. I just mean. I think it's fascinating that that how we self-identify and how we make it work for ourselves. I mean, I don't mean you call yourself anything you want. I don't care. He does a lot of things. Level three. Level three is good. Is the better one. Supposedly, yeah. It's like hurricanes, not like traumas. Yeah. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like three is like like the worst one. Yeah. So things I do RX body weight movements usually, Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, yeah. So like. It ends up that... You RX your burpees, I've seen. Yeah, there, there you yeah. go. There's things like that. You RX your air squat. But, you know, so for example, Grace, at 135, I'm, you know, within four or five minutes, I'm not going to get that much done. Like Grace is what, 30, clean, is it clean and jerks or 30? Clean and jerks for time. Clean and jerks for time. So for me, that's like... Yeah. And maybe someday in my life that'll happen. Same with like Diane. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, but I mean like conceptually, how do you approach CrossFit? With my one hour of coaching experience, it seems like grace for you is mainly an attitude problem, oh, not yeah. a strength problem. Fair Something, enough. I, I think four or five minutes, you'd be done. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So um, you're jerking 185 the other day. Yeah. Um, so there's probably a little, it's probably a little bit of that, but um, I would say that um, f- for me, my goals are honestly more a I sort of joke that like my skill is attendance, but also my goal is kind of attendance. Mm. Like I, I'm sort of thinking like, I want to get in here. Like I'm actually there for, I want to sort of hang out with people, have a good time, get a workout in, leave, have a sweat, be a little sore tomorrow. I'm good. Um, I, that's kind of where I'm at. Like I'm never going to be the strongest guy at the gym. I'm never going to be the fastest guy at the gym. I'm like, I, that's just not a reasonable goal for me especially um, having already accomplished tallest and back best looking there you go so yeah. then what else is there but i you think gotta pick the category. Yeah. Yeah, really i mean it's not that i don't set goals for myself but i think that um for me that i do honestly feel like that feels like the right place for me a lot of times like what's on the board as the level two in seriousness and there are times when I need to push myself, and yeah. you should you, do push yourself. You, sh- you should sort of give me a hard time sometimes. I give, I'll give you that, but I but there but a lot of times I'll say like this is this is what I need to get the right stimulus to like 
-hmm. have a good workout, go home, feel good about it. And, and that's kind of what I'm, um, you know, how much of that, uh, caution or modesty is informed by, uh, Childhood trauma. <laughs> <laughs> we we save that for the second half of the podcast. Oh, okay, all right. Let's, let's, let's. <laughs> episode Take one. Take a place underneath a big blanket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> episode one, we inflict inflict trauma. <laughs> but where were you going with this? Uh, your knowledge of the the human body and the medical profession informs your caution, perhaps, because you know CrossFit is known as being potentially injurious or dangerous. Hmm. Um, yeah, so it's interesting. I, I um, prior to coming to to start doing CrossFit, I actually had back surgery. Um, so on I your had back? on my back, your yeah. own back, the only one you have, the only one I've got. Yeah. So I um, and at the time I was doing um, I was doing yoga. I was pretty regular with yoga. I was swimming. Um, I was jogging. Um, Three activities. When put together, very nearly comprise exercise. Yeah, exactly. And yet, I had this this disc problem in my back, and um, and I and then I I couldn't work. I couldn't walk. I was a real dick because I'm a real dick <laughs> when I don't exercise. And um, tell us more. Oh, my husband was like. You got to do something. <laughs> this needs to end. You got to do, yeah. do something or get yourself divorced a lawyer. This <laughs> needs to end. Because I was like, I couldn't work. So I was at home. I had this like heating pad on my leg. Oh, and I was God. just like watching reruns of shit that I really didn't even like. Like I just was so miserable. And um, so then. Um, Why do you think we call that Tuesday? T- <laughs> so I, so I have. So Say I have that back, again without jealousy. <laughs> so I had back surgery, which was awesome. Like it was great like yeah. i woke up and i wow. was and i was like not in pain anymore it was awesome no kidding yeah it was great it was All great right. you had like um, something pressing on a nerve exactly yeah. so i had i had a disc and it was it was like l1 which is an unusual spot like 85 percent of discs are like l4 5 or s1 like lower in the spine and mine was at this odd place and it was anyway so i asked my l1, neurosurgeon s1. like why in that yeah. like it's an upper lumbar disc like why that happened and like mm-hmm. And he was like, I guess that one was just ready to pop. <laughs> what the fucking answer is that? So it was, it's a little too technical. Yeah. yeah they, follow. they don't know anything. He's like, he's like, nobody knows. Yeah. So, but the, but the idea, I guess, was that, first of all, that um, uh, I thought I was pretty fit. And still, I got injured, mm-hmm. like, doing probably who knows what. Nothing. And nothing. There's no, no obvious injury. And then secondly, like there was nothing that happened that, that mm-hmm. seemed to bring that on. Um, but secondly, the, um, you know, when I started doing CrossFit, I had this anxiety that I was going to do things or start lifting or um, adding more resistance and that was going to, I was going to re-injure my back. Yeah. Um, and then there was this great concern, like if you... <laughs> If you fuck up your back again, you're gonna get divorced because <laughs> that was just not working. Yeah. Like, yeah. So um, well, you got options at the gym, man. I mean, there is... <laughs> I love I love Joe, but yeah. fair enough. So <laughs> the um, uh, <laughs> we'll have to talk about that more when the no the um, <laughs> Tony Chris <Chris's pod>. yeah. <laughs> no the um, uh, the you know the sort of next step for me was to find out like what's actually the evidence here. Um, yeah. like, am I going to hurt myself by 
by lifting. Like, mm-hmm. is there evidence that I'm going to do that? Or you're going to hurt yourself by not lifting. Exactly. Yeah. So what I what you find is like there's very little that's published about right. strength training as after an, after a spine injury or about the effects of you know strength training on preventing injury. Mm-hmm. And so I I talked to the back surgeon that I had worked with, and he was like, I don't know. Like we don't really know. So yeah. And you know, I know a couple orthopedic surgeons. So let me just so. Hamsters on a wheel inside there. The, the, the takeaway from this is fuck it, let's roll the dice. Well, no, it was more that I think that that um, that unfortunately, it, as something of a of an indictment of my profession, perhaps the inclination is for for physicians is to say, well, if you've got if you got injured, don't do anything. Like you're going to injure yourself again. Mm. And I think, but if you come back and say, well, what's the evidence that that's the case? Um, you know, my back has never felt better since I have been doing strength training. Like it's, I haven't been re-injured. I, I think that, you know, the, one of the advantages for me of going to a place where I have a coached workout is that somebody's watching me. Mm-hmm. And so that if I'm, you know, rounding my back during a deadlift, somebody tells me mm-hmm. and that, that I get um, and the, help and advice about that. Learning how to pick up a 300 pound barbell properly I think informs the way you pick up socks and we right. all pick up socks a lot more than we pick up uh, barbells a coach at my old at my old gym told me that it's just like even your deadlifts look fine but I've watched you pick up 10 pound plates off the floor and you're you know <laughs> you're doing it terrible you're doing it in a, in a way that people do in CrossFit on their first day with a barbell and like that's how you're gonna hurt you we are what we habitually do and that's how you're gonna hurt yourself right and, well you know just you know, just for for I mean just Back stuff 101, and I just read a few things, but basically your, your back is fine if it's vertical, right? Because all the, all the vertebrae line up and you've got gravity's all running in the right direction. As soon as you bend it over, sure. especially if you're gonna, if you're gonna pick up an object, yeah. you pick up that object and you start to pull, there's gonna be some force going, yeah, what shear force. Sheer so force, so yeah. going, going across the vertebrae instead of up and down vertically, and so in CrossFit, one of the things that ha- that's happening is you're learning how to brace that entire back so that the, that, that the force stays compressive. Is, stays compressive and it, it runs up and down the spine. It doesn't, it doesn't yeah. pop out at any place along the spine. I love you guys because you're saying the same thing, but just using different words. It's yeah. great. Yeah. yeah, it's a yeah. Good, it's a and good, he does it quicker than I that's do. That's good. It's a good back yeah. and forth yeah. you have going here. And yet we yeah. never achieve any kind of understanding or mediation between yeah. the two. Fair enough. But it's a... It's, yeah. it's, we talk it's, near each other. It's, it's if not past each other. <laughs> yeah. But so so that's sort of... Yeah. So if you're, and if you're not trained to do it that way... Yeah. And by the way, I just want to circle back and say one thing. I think that the... Yeah. Charlie. Charlie, that's what I'm saying. Uh, the other co-host, it's a package deal. If I understand it correctly, CrossFit Inc. has sued the shit out of the people who originally started this 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 understanding that CrossFit gets you hurt, mm-hmm. and they've won. Yeah. And then all of at least that science that supposedly that led to this idea that oh, CrossFit will get you hurt has all been debunked. Yeah. I think doing anything with your body with intensity has the potential for injury. I think if you go to a Planet Fitness and watch people doing 20 minutes on the elliptical while reading a magazine, no one's getting hurt. There's no intensity. Whereas if you go to a, a jogging club in any town and say, hey, do you have any members uh, out injured right now who can't run? They're saying, yeah, we got you know shin splints and anything you do where you're pushing sure. yourself, there's a potential yeah. for 
for injury. Runners in particular, they're always injured. Pa- yeah. I think it's pavement. Yeah. Did you run on pavement? Of course. Yeah. My dad ran on pavement for years and years, and he's had two back surgeries and just the. I don't he also think... he also jumps out of airplanes. Yeah, which is which. He hasn't gotten hurt jumping out of airplanes, but it is hard landing on your heels, uh, pressing into your spine at your lower back. Mm. He's had a laminectomy and a discectomy. And yeah. What did you have? I had a discectomy. Discectomy. Did you get to keep it? Uh, no. Can I have? Yeah. It's. They said they sent it to pathology. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> you know those guys. That's yeah, part of my pathology. part of my body gone. <laughs> Just never getting it back. Yeah. So, Better than you're, you're, so you're in, you know, you're a primary care physician. Yes. And all day long you see people. Right. Various walks of life, and then you and then you go to the CrossFit gym, mm-hmm. and you see different people doing different things. Correct. What's your sense of that? And just what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. So one of the things that's actually really good for me because um, when I go to the gym, I'm often the least fit person in the class. But when I'm at work, seeing people, I'm like. Shit, I'm doing pretty well. Uh, <laughs> is so that why you switch from the 5.30 to the noon? Oh, <laughs> yeah. So the noon thing is like a little bit of a... I, I put it on my Outlook calendar and just say like appointment in Northampton, something big. I'm referring like to one noon class he came to while he was on vacation. <laughs> but but also sometimes during the work week, if I, if I want to get... So like if I have a late... Um, uh, meeting or something, I figure like those bastards got enough of my time. Right. I'm going to CrossFit at, yeah. at, at noon. But um, the you know the the thing with when it, when I think about um, uh, talking to patients, especially about fitness, I I think that it's it's always interesting how you sort of. Um, use your own experience and how you kind of think about how you give advice about fitness. And in primary care, that's kind of what you do all day long. Mm-hmm. Like talking about health behaviors and health behavior change is a huge part of what we do. Like that's, and and it's not a knowledge deficit. People know that they should exercise. It's finding ways for them to sort of engage with doing it. Would you say um, you've learned more in six years of CrossFit about how to take care of the human body than you did in your seven years of medical school and 20 years of practicing experience for sure but i think that that was a sarcastic question you know know, no for sure it's it's not true but the but the point is i think that in in uh medicine we're really talking we're really learning and focusing on how how to treat people with illness Mm. there's there's not that much focus on wellness and i think that that's you know so for example like you know we give these vague um, guideline-based, um, you know, recommendations to patients that are like, you should get 150 minutes of moderate exercise per week, or 75 minutes of of high-intensity exercise per week. But you know, you can figure out what that is. Like, yeah. that's it's not very specific. It's <clears throat> not very helpful for most patients. It's kind of the best we have, mm-hmm. um, and that's. But but our focus is on. When you have a symptom, can I figure out what that is and figure out how to treat you? Most right. of medical training is not about promoting wellness. Let alone seeing a healthy patient and helping them get healthier Oh, to prevent future disease. If they're already healthy, get out of here. Go and have I, fun. I got have other shit to do. Yeah. yeah. And by the way, that and it's, it's to some extent, there's. I think it's easy to, if you want to 
if you want to criticize the, the, the medical profession, it's, and I'm part of the medical profession, we'll get into that later. Oh. But if, if we, if we, if it's easy to criticize it by saying, well, they, all they can do is give you a pill, or all they can do is you know, try to fix something wrong, but they can't get you, they, can't, they don't know anything about wellness. Right. Well, but that's not your jam. Right. I mean, to be fair, right. you spend a lot of time figuring out dis-ease. Right. If somebody comes, in, comes to you in a state of ease, yeah. well, you know, somebody, pull, somebody goes takes a car into a mechanic and says, things running great, can you look at it? Well, yeah. I you're in the You're in the cure business, you're in the prevention business. Right, and so, so, so a big piece of what we, what we are hoping to do is talk about sort of lifestyle factors that can make a difference in in health outcomes, they're harder to change, right? So if you see somebody, so like this is my sort of daily life is somebody who's a few pounds overweight, their blood sugar is borderline, their blood pressure is borderline, I don't necessarily need to treat them with anything, and would they benefit and get better if they exercised more regularly, if they were had a better diet, if they lost a few pounds? Absolutely yes. Do they know that? Yes. How do I convince the person to engage them into making a change? Like, that's where we sort of get stuck. And there's a whole science around like how you kind of find a way to sort of encourage people to sort of move past the barriers that they see and mm -hmm. move on to doing the exercise that works for them. If somebody had given me that with respect to my career 25 years ago. The shot in the arm that you needed at the time. The science of how to get past your barriers. Yeah. But I'd just, be right here right now. Just anyway. like PJ's <laughs> talking about his patient's psychological barriers to exercising, the three of us sit here with no psychological barriers to exercising. It's right. the fun part of our day. We're, we're skipping school. Instead of skipping school to smoke pot, we're skipping work to go work out. You know. So how do, how do you tell people who aren't psychologically addicted to exercise you should exercise more? You know, uh, That's something I'm struggling with coaching and doing personal training and, and trying to get into the mindset of people who don't want to go to the gym, we, as crazy as that sounds. Yeah, I mean, the, I just was part of a conversation with somebody who said, wow, this is the first time I came to CrossFit and didn't cry before I came. Wow. And I, I, I was taken aback with, oh my God, <clears throat> this is where people are starting from. Right. So, you know, you're, you're seeing people and they're, as you describe them and you say, hey, go exercise, the internal response to that might be, a cascade yeah. of anxiety. Go stick barrier. needles in your eyes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so what are you doing? So what? So you know, the um, the one sort of advantage that I have in this regard is that I'm actually married to a health psychologist. Um, no kidding. Yeah. So um, and so when you sort of look at the at the ways people change, again, it isn't about so much about the the knowledge mm -hmm. that they have. It's more about um, how they how you help them find motivation. And so, um, you know, a, a couple of things that if you look at the people who are successful with exercise, you know, if you sort of take a positive approach and say, let's find out, like, Ethan's successful with exercise. What does he do? PJ just lasered right in on me instead of Tony. He did. That example. I was actually, the next thing I was to say, Tony's successful with exercise. What does he do? What do they have in common? And the, and the um, see how I did that? And uh, uh, we're underemployed. That's what we have in common. 
No, but when Bay, you look, <laughs> plays into it. When you look, the you know the a few things that, that that come out. One is that people set behavioral goals. When somebody goes to um, work at start an exercise program and they set a weight goal, I want to be in this dress for that wedding. I want to be at this weight for this um, you know a co- a college reunion. Mm-hmm. They're not successful. Mm-hmm. Those they're not, goals, successful. They're not successful. I was going to say, oh, those are the ones who are successful. Oh, no. They can be successful for a short period of time, but sustainable, not at all. Huh. And maybe this rubber band back further away. Exactly. After, so if yeah. you if you look at the people who are successful, they set behavioral goals. I I, I want to deadlift 400 pounds. I want to get to the gym three times a week. I want to be able to hike with my kids this summer. I want to run the St. Patrick's Day road race. They find something they want to be doing, and they set their goals that way. Wait, how is that different from the first thing? They said they say I want to be uh, I want to lose ten pounds I want to lose twenty pounds I want to be in this size dress by this wedding. When you set the goal that has to do with your weight or your appearance, uh, um, that's a really hard goal to sustain for your lifetime. Gotcha. If you set your goal about oh. your behavior, it's a lot easier for you to sustain because you just move on to the next goal. Because if you want to be able to pick your grandkid up off the ground and hold them, you have to keep working out to maintain that goal. Whereas if you say I just want to fit into the, my my tux that I bought in college for this reunion. Then the reunion's over. Then now then, what? Then whatever. You coast on in. And the other, the other, another thing that sort of comes up consistently is that people do exercise they like. So when people start an exercise program, they don't really like mm-hmm. that much, but they think they should do. Mm-hmm. They can do it for about six weeks, and that's about it. Then something yeah. happens. And then the last thing is community. And so for me, I have to say, it CrossFit does check. It does check those boxes for me that. I come back because, like, I, you know, I would never do one of these workouts by myself. Yeah. Like, there are people self-motivated. I am not that guy. Yeah. Like, I Same. need to be coached. I need to be in a room with other people. Somebody has yeah. to turn the music on. It is not going to happen. I was the same way with yoga. I never could do a yoga. Yeah, I could I do, like, three sun salutations. I'd be like... Good boy. Maybe like, <laughs> you get a text or you're like, oh, I need to go move the laundry. Yeah, it's yeah, over. That's, yeah exactly. It's they, so, but you, you get locked into these yoga rooms, literally. Like they lock the door to the whole facility mm-hmm. and they're like, don't drink water for the yeah. first 20 minutes. And But you know what? In a way, it does what it's supposed to do. I agree. Yeah. Well, I, I, one thing I'll, I, um, you said, anything you like doing, you'll keep doing. I think that's really important. That if you really like yoga and swimming, you're going to keep doing yoga and swimming. Which right. We can argue whether CrossFit's better exercise or not, but if you hate CrossFit and you love yoga, well, yoga's the thing for you. I think CrossFit has the community aspect a lot better. You're allowed to talk during class. It's hard to build community in yoga where you're supposed to be silent and say, you speak one word during the whole class, it's namaste at the end and then you leave. It's not even in English. Yeah, whereas CrossFit is more like a church or a bowling league or the Elks Club in that respect that it is a whole community and there's interactive aspects. And I guess we put that in the form of a question. Is that, was that your experience? Totally. I was yeah. just thinking like, I, I love yoga, like for my body, I liked it. It was, yeah. it was fun. And I, and also like, I need to feel like I sweat in order to get exercise. Yeah. Oh, same. Um, so, so I was like, you know, put it in the room, turn the temp up to a hundred. Like we all do this thing together. Awesome. Yeah. But this thing of like, like actually the first time I walked into the, to the gym, um, I was a little overstimulated because I was just used to being either in the pool where you're right. sort of like swimming in the sensory no deprivation sound, tank, right? Mm-hmm. Or being in a <laughs> yoga studio where 
You're not allowed to talk. Right. And you're this far away from somebody. They're like, yeah. they're fucking sweating on you, but you yeah. don't actually right. talk or interact in any way. Yeah. It's a weird it's, culture. It's, it is a very odd culture. <laughs> I mean, I liked it. Yeah, don't me get too. me wrong, but yeah. I, it's, I did it for uh, years. Yeah. The yeah, exception, of course, shocky, Tony and I met through yoga. Yes, we did. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. So she do either of you still do yoga there? I go occasionally. Yeah? Yeah. I always feel like I should, but then I don't. <laughs> There's that shame again. I do. I, that happens for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think when you're really into CrossFit and really into weightlifting, and like you can just take a rest day. Mm. You know, I like going there. Sometimes I have a good class. Sometimes I have a bad class. But I also know that the better thing for my body would be just take a total rest day, yeah. or just foam roll and stretch. Right. At the gym. Mm. I do like the sweating though, especially in the winter sometimes mm. when it's real cold. Yeah. And what do you find on? I mean, that sort of. I found that that relatively speaking, I, I I'm I'm relatively speaking much fitter now than when I started CrossFit, and that's at least two components. One being the workouts, but the other one being the diet. And and you kind of talked about changes related to getting people to exercise. How mm-hmm. about related to people's changing their diets? Hmm. Would you say that Tony is too fit? That it's a little off-putting at this point. I feel that way. Yeah. Yeah. Dial it back a little. Yeah. This is not an intervention for me. This is a podcast, baby. Episode 3.2. Tony <laughs> Tony gets less fit. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. It's all relative. And then you say like this person, I'm not as going to be, but he should really be less fit. Yeah. That makes sense to me. Um, <laughs> He's wasting his, re- his personal resources. I totally see that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it's interesting. The... Uh, to me, at least, as, as I think about the way that we give dietary advice, first of all, um, nobody listens to what their doctors say about their diet anyway. So I usually am just relatively, I, I don't waste too much time on that mm-hmm. because it, it, it sort of goes as far as it's going to go. One or the other. Yeah, I mean, it, part of it's because it's cultural, it's behavioral, it's what you've been mm-hmm. doing, it's all of those things. People have to find their own motivation to make a dietary change, mm. and those things often don't happen within the exam room in a physician's office. It's just it's just mm. the reality of how that happens. And so you you try and you sort of you know if they ask questions or if you try to to sort of but to but you know how often have you gone to your doctor and asked like what do you think I should do with my diet? But- I remember being an overweight, like, 12-year-old and the doctor giving my mom a speech about, like, uh, eating low, serving me low-fat ice cream instead of full-fat ice cream. Okay. And this was 20 years ago. And, of course, before, like, they knew that low-fat ice cream had the same number of calories as full-fat, just in more sugar instead of... Right, Yeah, so that's a a great example of how, like, physicians gave terrible advice. Terrible advice. Speaking of which, with with regard to... Diet is what's the paradigm now? What do you what what what's it to the? I, mean, I guess you don't spend a lot of time on it, but to the extent that people think, I mean, what I, should I, I, eat? I shouldn't make it sound like I don't no, talk no, about I, diet no. at all, but because I have diabetic patients and people that I'm with high blood pressure, and, and uh, you know what I usually ask people to to think about is how are they doing with having a plant based diet? And you know, if you look at there there are it's it's a heavy lift for a lot of people to move to a, a vegetarian diet. Like that's a that's a difficult thing. So if you sort of lead with that, you're going to get just a lot of like, okay, thanks, doc. Like I'm feeling that right like, now. Yeah, personally. As yeah, well. and I'm Tony's and, like I fucking told you, Kramer. <laughs> and I, and I'm sitting here looking, thinking like, 
this is a fairly lovely little plate of... I was worried you didn't eat before you come. I didn't want you to starve. I actually didn't, so I am going to have some some of this nice food. Tony and I can um, talk amongst ourselves while while PJ... (laughs) So so you can sort of start there, but I I think... But the, the thing I usually... For me, the thing I usually ask people to do is say, is is look over the course of a few days, like what did you eat? Mm-hmm. So so diet logs help, and then say, can this be less processed food, more mm-hmm. plant based diet? And just getting especially away from processed foods mm-hmm. for a lot of patients is enough to kind of um, get them a lot closer to what they what mm-hmm. what they want to be doing. It, you know they're. You know, you have patients who are never going to sort of count their macros or do any sort of thing that's more specific for, for, you're just saying like, can you lay off the Cheetos, dude? And and that (laughs) might be enough to sort of just make a difference. Right. Um, Like eat popcorn instead of Cheetos. Right. Yeah. (laughs) We all have so much low hanging fruit in terms of garbage and non-food and yeah. And I think it's more positive for me to think of like what I should eat more of than to think limiting and oh you should eat less of this just eat more brussels sprouts this week eat more carrot you have an you when was the last time you had a carrot ethan go buy some carrots i, I had a carrot at seven o'clock name dropper so i also had a brussels sprout at eight o'clock at seven o'clock. it's good so i but i think that's an interesting point is that that um, when you think about health behavior change it's always easier to add than subtract yeah when you sort of say like i want to Add a walk in the afternoon. I want to add more vegetables yeah. to my diet. That is a and that's an intervention people can get their minds around and take on a lot more easily than I need to stop doing this or I need right. to stop eating that. That's a, that's a lot harder psychologically for us to do. Yeah, if you, and if you fill up on healthy food, you're going to have less cravings, fewer cravings for uh, junk. I think there's another piece of that that I've experienced, which is that I, when I started adding food, uh, it only took me about forty five years to to get to the point where I started doing that. But when I, once I started, uh, what, I, what I found was that it sort of changed my, my sort of food taste register. Because I was eating food that was healthy and was by definition, well, in my mind by definition, not as tasty, maybe less sugary, less sweet, less addictive, less processed to make me have all those urges, etc. When I did go and have those other things, I didn't want to eat as much mm-hmm. and I didn't need as much to, to get what I wanted out of them mm-hmm. and it kind of lowered the whole register towards feeling like this food's pretty good but it also means that you know a cookie is super rather than 12 cookies being not quite enough to satisfy me. yeah so there's there's a way that addition can lead to subtraction yeah that's a great point is um, once you sort of think about the foods that you're eating differently, then all of a sudden, like, you know, a plate full of Oreos is is not as you're just not used to doing yeah. that. It sort of comes out of the habit, and but those are the habits that people, you know, you had to be motivated to make that change, like something, right? Something, and you know, they're different. He started uh, punching above his weight, dating wise. I think it's a big <laughs> motivator. For and that's a that's a great one. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. She's a delight. I see that. <clears throat> and I'll never keep. I'll never keep up. I'm just trying to keep in the ball. It's somehow in the same arena. Yeah, and that's that's all we can do in the life. Yeah, <laughs> some kind of motivation. No, I I definitely have. Um, I have noticed patients. Um, it's not women. It's men 
who have some motivation and then make huge changes and it, and like shocking changes. It usually has something to do with women in some mm -hmm. way in their lives. Um, like they broke up and now they're single and now they're really fit yeah. in a relationship and now they're fat. Or like somebody posted something on Facebook and they're like, holy fuck, you are fat, dude. And then they get themselves um, fit because yeah. there's something. So there's some or, motivation. Wait, would you, you say an example of that would be like, uh, like you're driving to a movie theater with your really close friend who you thought oh. you could trust and you just got out of a really bad relationship. <laughs> he might have looked over at you and said, well, you know, you got a bit of a belly. <laughs> Which you is why thought, I did the even. You thought you were just having right? Yeah. I thought I was stating the obvious. This is like I mean, 10 I didn't years think ago. This was I didn't think I was conveying information. Thought you were in a safe place. <laughs> we must wow. have been going to see like Iron Man 1. Did it, wait, did, it, did it seem like a loving statement to you? Not at the time, no. <laughs> I remember that like, sounds just, aggressive. like floored by this. And then we're in line at the uh, concession counter, and Tony was like, do you, want, do you want anything? I was like, I don't know, Tony. Do they sell carrot sticks? <laughs> Are there amphetamines here? <laughs> do, they, do they have laxatives and shame that I'm going to have? Did that, I have did, that did that motivate you? Yes. All right. I just got out of a relationship, and I was you know, eat, doing nothing but yoga and eating nothing but pasta. And, and he was like, if you ever want to get laid again, dude, <laughs> you're, you're going to have to do something about this part in your midst. My guardian angel. I was bringing the truth, man. So, um, I'm curious about the, me. I'm curious about the, if I'm, am I allowed to ask questions? Absolutely. No. Okay. Um, we'll ask the questions here. <laughs> Helmut. Um, yeah, what's with the Germans? Yeah. yeah see, it's very, it sounds people. scary when you say the name oh. that way. Uh, so, um, <laughs> so, so the, uh, when you did the level one training, mm -hmm. Um, were there things that you thought you learned about kind of how to watch people move or things like that during that? Or did you feel like you sort of already knew a lot of that stuff? Like, I'm just curious how much is sort of like things you learn from just experiencing and doing versus things that you learn in a kind of, from the, from the perspective of a coach watching somebody move. I learned a ton. Oh, wow. Yeah. I learned so much about why we were coached to move the way that we're coached. I think mm -hmm. I'm well, I think I was well coached, mm -hmm. but coaching somebody to move in a certain way is different from explaining to somebody why they should move in a certain way and what it looks like when they do and what it looks like when they don't. Mm -hmm. And then if on the heels of that, you start then immediately coaching, which I did, uh, it becomes really obvious and, and it's sort of a quick, uh, learning curve to seeing it because now all of a sudden you're looking at you're really consciously looking at 10 or 12 people a couple of times a day moving and you can see good movement versus hmm. or well i don't want to say good versus bad but you you see the spectrum yeah so uh yeah for me it was extremely uh helpful in, wow. in learning yeah. wow and do you think that um having done that like has it changed the way you think about your own uh, complex movements? Like, do very you... much. Really? Very wow. much. Yeah, yeah. My focus is on those movements, both because of what I learned and because 
of feeling a little bit responsible because now I've got to coach it. So I'd like to be able to do it and I'd like to be able to model it. Sure. It's all it certainly made me a better athlete, much more mm. consci- conscious and conscientious about my movement. Yeah. Mm. I thought I learned a lot more as an athlete doing level one than I did as a coach. I don't think they taught much on how to coach others. Mm. I felt like I learned oh, my own movements a lot. It felt like very beneficial and high quality personal training mm-hmm. for eight hours a day for two days in a row. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you didn't necessarily think your ability to break down somebody else's movement patterns. I, and things I guess it this. deepened familiarity with the movements, but they didn't, it, it was just too much information in too short a time to like practice the verbiage of like how to explain it to other people. Hmm. Yeah. I think you have to like, on the heels of it, get get your get get yourself coaching. just watch. Yeah, well, get coaching because you're just forced to put it in action. Mm-hmm. I suppose it's you know studying law for three years is one thing, but then getting out and practicing law is. Yeah, you can read a book all day long, but then you actually get in front of the judge and you have to speak right. your own right. mouth and your own words and hmm. garbage or comes freeze. out. You can freeze too. Oh, yeah, okay. we're not judging. No. So um, the judge judges. <laughs> <laughs> he saw that on TV. He doesn't yeah. know that to be true. Yeah, right. I've At least I don't have a bit of a belly anymore, Tony. <laughs> or, or do I? <laughs> I'll never tell. I don't know anymore. <laughs> do you think that um, having gone through this process of of level one training and think and becoming coach and thinking about CrossFit and from a different perspective, I'm just curious, who knows if any coaches listen to this, but how do you think looking retrospectively at the coaching you've received? Like, do you think of it differently? Do you have different sort of... First off, I just want to say, I don't think anyone listens to this. <laughs> oh, that's great. So then we can say whatever the fuck we want. <laughs> we can say whatever the fuck we want. Cheers then. All right. Cheers yeah. to everyone. Yeah. Uh, I think I pretty much already knew what level I was getting from... I had had enough coaches to sort of feel sort of an understanding of the spectrum, at least the spectrum that I had experienced. Right. And, and, you know, I look back and go, yeah, that person wasn't very good. And I still think that, and that person was really good. And I still think that. So it sort of confirmed or, but not, yeah. but it didn't really make a difference. And yeah, I, I thought think it, so. it made me more sympathetic mm. to maybe this is a good person and a good coach and they're knowledgeable, but it's just really hard to be in front of the class and get the right words out and mm. then verbalize it Yeah. to know what your body's supposed to do, but not be able to tell someone else. You don't think, because uh, I'm not a coordinated person in general. That's I mean, I, you're a very well, coordinated dresser. Well, thank you. I'm working on that. Mm-hmm. But um, I, so for even just like, so Sean Manso was the, was, I, I, he taught a lot of the classes when I sure. was first here. And I think for maybe, for a long time, he didn't let me put any weight on the bar when we did any Olympic lifts. He would just be like, great PJ, you can sit over here and just, Use the PVC pipe for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, the PJC pipe. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Mile did that to Tony when he first started with snatches and overhead squats, right? No, it didn't. No, that was, was something different. Something different. That was self limiting. I just, I couldn't, I just couldn't even get into the movement at all. So it didn't, oh. it did, I couldn't even, it didn't, didn't matter. Mm-hmm. I couldn't put the bar over my head. But Sean was meticulous okay. about movement, right? Like he just, and then, um, and I found, in some ways, I found that kind of frustrating because it was a little masculating. Like, mm-hmm. I was yeah. like, okay, like, 
They there's, need to do it. There's Heather, and she's like, <laughs> like moving weight, and I'm here with the PVC pipe, just drilling this. Um, though I have to say, like, um, I, I do really appreciate when somebody can help me. Sometimes coaches give like too much feedback and then it's just too many things to think about. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a real gift for, I've had it for swimming coaches, but also with CrossFit of somebody being able to look at a complex movement and give me a, a tip or something that helps me without making me feel sort of like overwhelmed or sort of demoralized by the mm -hmm. process. And I, I don't think that's, a, I don't think that's, I think for some people it's really natural. Mm -hmm. I think obviously it can be learned, but I think for some people it's a really natural thing. And of look Tony back. and I, who would you say has more of that gift? I think you're both incredibly gifted mm -hmm. in so many ways. Cop out. Yeah. Bullshit. You knew I was not going to take the bait on that, dude. No, that was not going to happen. Well, speaking of, speaking of, of, of bait and moving in that direction, mm -hmm. maybe we should uh, maybe we should get to our speed round. Is it time? I think it's time. Time for the speed round. Let's speed round him. Let's speed him. Yeah. Okay. You know, let's do this. Have you written them down? Have you thought them through? Have you I can't read your handwriting. I know a couple of them. Oh, man. All right, PJ. Ready for the speed round? Okay. MD or DO? Me? You. Yeah. No. Someone else in this room right now. No, MD. Charlie. MD. Oh. Like, uh, the audience probably might might not know the difference. You ruined my follow-up joke. Sorry. Yeah. And you still have primary care. Huh. Mm -hmm. Why primary care? Uh, I couldn't decide on anything else. <laughs> Process of elimination. Uh, no, I was just a failure to commit. <laughs> we'll, tell, we'll tell your patients you said that. Yeah. Um, if you had to choose mm -hmm. for the rest of your life, mm -hmm. you could only have mm -hmm. me or Tony as a weekend partner wad partner, who would you choose and why? Have to. Can't fuck it. Really? Gotta pick Can't one. Can't fuck it. Um, rest of your life. I would choose Ethan. Yes! In your stupid face, Tony. Because <laughs> he's got a bit of a belly. <laughs> and it makes you feel better about himself. No, no. I was so high, and now I'm no. so low. <laughs> I would choose Ethan because... Um, I frequently he like wet in the middle. He narrates the wad in okay. a way that is amusing to me. <laughs> I he feel does the same like, thing in soccer. I feel like Tony actually does the wad <laughs> in a way that's sort of like kind of intense sometimes, and right. he's like really into it. And I'm not saying Ethan doesn't isn't isn't a great athlete because clearly right. he is. We're all saying that he. But is. he sort of narrates the wad in a way that does amuse me, and that's really why I come. <laughs> <laughs> Making PJ laugh during class is the purest. And truest joy I've ever felt in my life. It's, Terrific! It's, it's the only reason I come. It's and, just to make yeah. PJ, but only PJ. Best if you PJ make, burn. If you make everyone <laughs> laugh. <laughs> it's not as good. Best, <laughs> best, best, best delivery of, of what you're describing. Go. Oh, the um, Simon on the chair donate the million dollars to charity. <laughs> <laughs> the question of the day was you, you find a million dollars and what would you do with it and Simon our dear dear friend and wonderful man and probably not a listener of this program says oh well, well probably I would, I would he's South African I would donate it to charity and I said god you were just fucking exhausted <laughs> and I said it for PJ I know my <laughs> I, you didn't laugh. Oh, I was the best. 
Also because of Simon's reaction yeah. to your cut that he's like, what? Like I'm he looks good. crushed. He does. He's like, you keep what? kick. You keep kicking him, and he never expects you to kick him. <laughs> he's just earnest in the most lovely so way. Earnest. Yeah, yeah. He really is. Yeah, and and he's an an, an, a, an economics professor mm-hmm. saying that with a million dollars you'd give it to charity. I'm Terrible like, economic decision. What a horrible. <laughs> yeah. What's it like to be tall, handsome, and successful? <laughs> You're basically John Hamm in 30 Rock. Yeah. Okay, right? You can good. order off the menu. <laughs> no one cares. Oh, I dress myself. Mm. Yeah. Though, you know, I have to say, my husband and I share clothes because we're roughly the same um, height. Mm-hmm. And actually, we're not really the same height. I have a freakishly long torso. Okay. And so he has sort of like normal sized legs compared, but we can both basically wear the same clothes. But. Usually, usually I it's a nice thing because it yeah. sort of expands your wardrobe. Tina and I not so much. See, Tony and Colette pretty close. Maybe close, yeah. yeah. Um, but you but then my arms are just a little bit longer, so um, you can always tell when he comes in his things are sort of pulled up. If he's but. a health psychologist, we can find another eight by eight room for him to rent at the gym to uh, dispense services. He's looking for a new job, so it could happen. Yeah. 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 Most satisfying thing about being a crossfitter. Best part. Oh, just Working out with other people. Worst part? Working out with other people. <laughs> <laughs> What's the worst part? Um, maybe for me, some one thing that I've struggled with is like really hitting plateaus. Mm-hmm. Like the great thing about CrossFit initially was like there were so many movements and things that I just were completely novel to me, mm. and so like I was constantly hitting PRs all the time. And now I'm sort of at this place where I'm sort of. Plateauing. Plateauing. So that's that's a little, that's not terrible, but it's a little bit frustrating sometimes. Other questions, Ethan? You're going to take level one and be a coach? You sound very interested. Yeah, you, yeah, are you giving up your, is that what's happening here? You're going to give up your, uh, your medical career? Oh my and... God, I have no skills in that regard. I was Why? just trying to be, I was just trying to sort of find out what motivates you two. That's all. Okay. It's just. Snacks. It's, okay, yeah. fair yeah. enough. Yeah. No. Body dysmorphia for sure. (laughs) (laughs) There's small man syndrome. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Napoleon complex. Whatever works. I mean, you know, you go with what you got. Yeah. 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 I think we killed it. Yeah. All right. right. Thanks, guys. That's a wrap. All right. PJ, thanks so much for stopping by. Sharing. Appreciate it. Ethan, thank you for being the new co-host. I imagine I won't be asked back, but this was a pleasure. Yeah, well, you know, this is season three. This We're on 3.1, and we're now on the fourth co-host. If there's, if there's another one, then clearly the answer is that it's the problem is me. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I uh, Ash, by the way, is just, um, his you know, quiver has just taken off, and he's, he's just super busy between promoting quiver, selling quiver, and... Uh, drinking and quiver. Quit drinking quiver, and uh, his girlfriend, the deer, Heather McKinney, is now uh, the face of Comp Train, hanging out with Katrin and that whole crew down there, and so Ash has got a lot of things going on. So, Ethan, thanks for stepping in. Oh, glad to do it. And yeah. You guys, if the next episode is 4.1 instead of 3.2, you'll know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> See y'all next time. <laughs> thanks, guys.